0: Today, it's money and relationships. This is a sort of an evergreen topic. So we're going to ask you all sorts of questions. And uh, we're talking about everything to do with money and your relationship. And I suppose we're going to dig deep into whether or not talking about money can make your relationship better. Is there a right way to start? Is there a right way to you know, are there some great tips on how you can discuss money openly in a relationship? Let's put that question to Rohit Murthy, country manager from SingSaver. Did you stumble towards realising there was a a preferential way to talk about money in relationships? Well,
1: money is not the most romantic, you know, subject in a relationship, but it can definitely make or break a relationship. I think the most important thing is to have a conversation about it.
0: Just talk about Just it. Just talk about it. The biggest mm.
1: mistake you can make is not talk about it. Yeah. In my case, I'm I'm the sole breadwinner. If I don't talk about it, then, you know, my wife's left in the dark. She doesn't know what's happening about our finances. Some people
0: like that. Some uh, people like being left in the dark. My,
1: actually, my wife doesn't enjoy talking about money. Right. And she thinking about it, but given that I'm more financially savvy than her, then I have to make sure I involve her in the process one way or the other.
0: Yeah, and some would say that that would be the best way for the relationship to thrive. Open information, everybody knows where the money is. Esther Yap also joining us. She's a relationship coach with Relationship Studio. Okay, let's get right to it. In this day and age where dual income households are so common, can a what is mine is mine approach work where everything is divided down the line? Esther, what do you think?
2: Definitely not because you are sharing a life together and if you keep on thinking that way, I think when people think that way, it's really, they haven't really thought about the implications of living a life together mm. and often when they do talk about money, they still hold a past when I was still single kind of mentality and when you talk about money, a lot of times people bring in a past baggage, past hurts. And they talk about money in that way. So frequently, when we talk about money, it's really reflecting more of our insecurities about money or insecurities towards that person rather than really about money itself. So definitely people have to talk about money together. And when you do talk about money, remember, don't bring in the past baggage. Be open and be clear. Mm. A lot of times, the heart of the matter is the matter of the heart,
0: really. Right. So a lot of people, you think you're talking about money, but actually they're talking about their past. That's right. You think? Yeah. What are some common money issues that can derail a relationship during the three phases, the dating phase, when you're engaged and then when you're married? Rohit, you want to take this one?
1: I think, again, I'll start first with the very fact that, you know, you don't have a conversation about it. And most of the times, if you leave it only to one person to worry about it, that's when things can really you know, go wrong. And you need to be clear and transparent about it. Don't bring ego into the, you have to be very objective. What is the problem that you're trying to solve? Are you trying to solve it together? How can you have a very transparent and honest conversation about it? Mm. For me, that still always remains the biggest issue. You don't talk about it or you just leave it for one person to mm-hmm. deal with it.
0: Okay, what about you, Esther? What do you think are some of the common money issues that can really take a relationship off the rails? I think usually in
2: the dating stage, people will be thinking, okay, I'm sussing you out. Are you going to be the generous person? that you would be, that yeah. I hope you would be on this first date, will you be paying? And the other party might be thinking, huh, are you a gold digger? Are you expecting me to pay for everything, right? So that's the dating stage. And then when we move on to the engaged stage, okay, how are we going to share this money? How are we going to pay for all our bills? Are we going to go for an extravagant party together? Or is it just a two-person wedding date, right? And finally, when you're married, we'll be thinking about how should I spend this money, split it between... Uh, pampering myself and how do I spend it for my children, keep it for them in the future. So these are some of the issues that couples usually have to face, you know, and in their relationship and talking about it, like what Rohit say, right, in an open manner and don't bring in the ego here would really, really help. So hard. It when is. Money is linked <laughs> to a sense of
0: it is. achievement. It's linked to a sense of status. It's linked yeah. to... So many other niggling things. Tell us how you think money should be split in a relationship or how bills should be split in a relationship. Okay, Rohit, we'll start with you. You have a Romanian wife. Any cultural differences came up when it came to money management and your household?
1: Definitely. I mean, different upbringings. Usually a lot of your money habits are formed during childhood, right? You see how your parents spend, save your first pocket money. A lot of those things change and also circumstances. You know, uh, for me, I've always been the breadwinner since I went to university. So I've been contributing to my household. So I had a very different upbringing. Even when I was overseas, I used to send money back. When I met my wife, she was a single mother. For her, money meant something else. So I think it's always those sort of differences in terms of your upbringing, your circumstances, and, and that can really mean that you have a different perspective of what money means to you in a relationship.
0: Sure, that's the problem with talking about money in relationships, right? People come from so many different angles mm. because we attach different values to money and how it's spent. What are some of the common problems that you've encountered as a relationship coach?
2: Well, a lot of times people don't talk about money because it's uncomfortable, especially when you grow up in an Asian society. When you ask for money, people will say, why are you asking for money again? You know, your parents will say, are you asking for money again? We are already so tied with money. So constantly with this kind of messaging, growing up, you know that money is a sensitive issue to talk about. Mm. And therefore, when you want a relationship to flourish, we naturally think that don't talk about money because it won't help with the relationship. Or so people think, right? But that's something that is very flawed, you know, in its basis. People need to realise that when they don't talk about important things like money, that's when things will derail. Oh, and frequently,
0: 50% of the people will come to us for coaching. Money is a major issue. Wow, that's one in two. That's right. And they come because they've hit problems because they haven't started talking about it. So what, what advice do you give to them to just start when there's a reason why people don't talk about it they feel uncomfortable, they think it's going to lead to conflict. So what do you tell them? Back to what I said earlier on,
2: when you go into talking about money, don't think about it as a money issue. Think about it as what is it that we really want to achieve together? Mm. What is it that we are going for? If you go into this deeper messaging, instead of just money, 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 it makes it easier right? It makes it easier to, hey, you know what I'm not talking about the dollars and cents, I'm talking about how we could flourish together in this relationship. Change that angle change that focus and it might make it easier and I think Rohit has some really good strategies also to talk about money
0: <laughs> Rohit,
1: well, share if I wanted, strategies. if I want to talk about money to my wife yeah. I take her on a date so I call it the financial the date. date.
0: Yes. The financial date.
1: Yeah. So usually, if my wife gets a call and say we're going to a steakhouse, she knows that we're talking about money. <laughs> so you mix <laughs> a good the fun. Heads up.
0: You mix the fun and my, the food Yeah, in it's with a money. public
1: place, and you know, at the at the end of the day, we talk about something very specific. Don't have a broad conversation like we need to save more money. Usually I would do the research and we have a very specific topic like, Like look, you know, we need to save about $1,000 to pay for our kids' fees and we're only saving $500. Here's a plan I have. Now, that's a more specific discussion than saying we're not saving enough. Yes. You know? And, and I think the other thing I realized is when someone's not comfortable talking about money, yeah. have shared responsibilities, give them simple tasks. Like, mm. can you take care of our budget, you know, for the next three months in terms of the household? And, you know, most of the times when I give these simple goals to my wife, she hits the goals. And as soon as she hits it, I said, you know what, let's celebrate. So I think that's how you make it fun. You give them simple goals, simple tasks, but be very specific about what you're trying to do.
0: Money dates, love that. Should there be a CFO at home, somebody leading the discussion on money? Mm. Esther? Personally, I feel that it is
2: all dependent on who's good with what, right? If this guy, is my, if my husband is not very good at going grocery shopping, he doesn't know where the best deals are, I wouldn't assign him to be the one doing all the shopping in this regard. But if I know he's very good with housing loans, I would say, okay, why not you take charge of this area and I'll take care of the other part. It's really about complementing each other
0: and playing to each other's strengths. Tell me about talking about budgeting and long-term relationships. How does that go?
1: We're in a country where, you know, we all aspire for a very nice lifestyle and comfort. You know, the next iPhone comes out, you want to buy it. So f- for me, the mantra that works really well is I ask myself always three questions before I you know, pick up anything. Do I really need it? Am I going to use it? And can I afford it? And if the answer is no to any of these three, I usually delay the decision. Okay. And I'll still make mistakes. There are probably instances where I've done impulse purchases. But I've seen that every time I ask these three questions, nine out of ten times... I get it right. You know, I don't even need to apply austerity. I don't have to obsess about, you know, the fact that I need to keep budgeting and, you know, I need to constantly keep looking at what I'm spending on. Of course, Mm. there's a budget. I have a view of it. It's just like going on a diet. Mm. You need to have something that's sustainable. Mm. Otherwise, what you're going to do is you're going to go take an extreme view of something, it works for three months, then you're back to your bad habits Mm, in terms of either, you know, making purchases or spending on something that you can't afford or you won't use.
0: Problem is when those questions differ between the couples, right? (laughs) Like what you need is not what she needs. (laughs) <laughs> and what is a want is subjective as well. I see your point though. Okay, Esther, you are an Enneagram trainer. Yeah. And the Enneagram is a personality profiling test. that actually maps people into nine different profiles. Fascinating. Yeah. So can you share some examples of how personality can impact, you know, this discussion of money in relationships? Okay, some personality types, they're very comfortable with
2: impulse buying. No problem with impulse buying. And in fact, some types actually use impulse buying as a way to distract themselves so from the current stress that they are having in life, so you would hear things about you know, shopping spree and uh, shopper holic. There's a particular type who shops in order to numb the pain. Yeah, right. And there also factor. yeah, and there are also types who are more conservative because they need a lot of time to gather data. to think about what they really want to buy. So these are the types that would actually do a lot of research. And when I say a lot, I mean a lot. They would read up on five websites. And finally, when they do buy the product, they would actually read the manual from front to the end just to make sure they got the right product. So imagine a couple who are of opposite types in this regard, right? You would have a very good recipe for quarrels when it comes to spending. And if they know each other's type and motivation, they could actually come to the middle ground. You know, people tend to have this all or nothing mindset. If I can't have this, I don't want it at all. Fine. If you can't have it, I'm not going to have it also. You know, it's an all or nothing. But really think about coming to the middle ground. If I cannot spend this amount of money and you're not comfortable with it, can we come to the middle ground and agree on something more Affordable. Now that would be better, right? And this is a practice that we could all consciously practice in life, coming to the middle ground of things.
0: I like that actually, mm. and that's what a marriage is about. And it's a, yes. you know, it's a great way to think about it. Can we come to middle ground yeah. and not fight along the way? That's right. <laughs> Now, when it comes to planning for weddings, uh, Rohit, do you think the mindsets change where, you know, it's usually one side that takes on the bulk of the finances for the weddings? Is this Um,
1: changed? I mean, again, probably the couples these days, they are looking at, you know, sort of footing the bill. It's expensive to throw a wedding in Singapore. I mean, I got married in Romania, it was a lot cheaper.
0: Hmm. <laughs> Good strategy. So, so, yeah. We have a shot on that, Think Saver. Uh,
1: because I, you know, married. I did check, you know, how much it costs to throw a wedding here in a nice hotel and, yes. and all the other expenses that goes with it, right? And most people, it's too far for them to come to a wedding in Romania. So, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I think, at the, <laughs> but at the end of the day, you know, I think couples these days, especially most of the couples, both of them are working. I think they will have to share that yeah. bill because it's a big ticket. Okay, and I but don't think Robert,
0: be honest. When did you start talking about money with your your now wife? Well, when you were dating, did you start then? Definitely.
1: You did. I mean, I used to. Okay. I, I used to work in a bank, and I I was the sort of a guy who would always compare stuff. I would talk about the fact that we man actually got this ticket for free. Okay. You know, we're we're having really good deals. Uh, in terms of using the right products, so and, and I would brag about that at times to her. So money was more about the fact where I was I was involving her, and, and also in a way she understood my money mindset in terms of how you know I went about things, mm-hmm. and that was that also meant that she could you know ease and open up and talk about money herself. Great
0: food for thought there. Thank you so much to both of you for coming by. ST Yap is a relationship coach. Rohit Murthy is a country manager from financial comparison site SingSaver. Thank you. Before acting on the information